franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with a business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Hi, welcome to episode 47 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. I'm Roxanne Rapsky, and this is my colleague, Sarah Wasco. We created this podcast to bring you education and information on business ownership and all things franchising. Today, our guest is someone that actually has a lot of synergies with our business, and we thought that she'd be a great guest to have on. Many times, our clients are looking for a job and looking for a business at the same time. She is a rock star resume writer and helps people land jobs um, with her resume writing. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Nicolette Barrett. She is she has a dual career as well. So she has her own business and she works full time. She is the get hired strategist. She's also a corporate leader with a Fortune 39 organization. Welcome, Nicolette. Hello, glad to be here. Thank you so much for that intro. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about your background, mm-hmm. because your background in your corporate career is a lot of what I think prepared you for yes. your mm-hmm. side gig that's going to become your full-time gig at some point. Um, but then mm-hmm. you also had a creative side that also fed into that. So kind of just give us a quick little rundown. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Yes, I have the privilege of working for a Fortune 39 multi-billion dollar organization. Um, and it's a top insurer. Many of you all are familiar with it. It's State Farm Insurance. I've been with them for almost 29 years this month. This is the month of Ooh. May. And um, I got the job three years out of college. I started off selling Yellow Page ass. How many of you all remember that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. me. I saw the yeah. bold heading, the red heading, all all that kind of stuff. Well, were you with AT and T? I was. I, it was they. Um, AT and T bought out, but it was Don Tech Publishing back in okay. Chicago, Illinois. Okay. So that was my first job out of college. So I sold the Yellow Page ads. Then I went over to advert- as an advertising coordinator, helping the mega sellers who sold the um, full page ads made a lot of money. So I coordinate all the advertising with them and their clients. So I did that, and then my friend said, "You know what? She worked with me at the company. She said you will be good over here at this company over at State Farm. You should come over here." and do this as well. I said, okay. So we were going through a transition when AT&T was buying out Don Tech Publishing and we literally had no work. I read more Daniel Steele books and got <laughs> so bored because we we were just sitting there just wor- thinking about what's going to happen. But nobody knew. So I said, well, let me go ahead and apply at State Farm. It literally took six months because at that time, I mean, still basically the number one place to work. And so it took six months to get on and I got in and my career started escalating after about four five years, they start tapping me on the shoulder to be in leadership. So I've been in leadership ever since then. It's about 23 years now. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. So mm-hmm. long career in yes. corporate America, still there. Yes. So a lot of our clients are kind of in that scenario. Mm-hmm. How did you become a resume writer? How did you evolve <laughs> into now 
this additional business that you created. And it's so funny because, you know, resumes, if you're really good at writing, your friends come to you to write everything. Now, looking at their essays for college, editing those, and just writing college resumes all the time. So I've always been the person to go to to get that done. So I just did it for free forever. And then it went over into corporate America. People always come to me not to only help them with their internal resumes, but also with their performance reviews because they say, my boss wants me to write up my performance review. Can you help me? And I would get them these big old raises. Never thought about it. And even get these promotions and everything. Never thought about it because when you're in corporate America, you're corporate minded. I'm thinking about getting my next promotion, doing all the different development opportunities, doing all these things that they're telling you have to do to get promoted. Not thinking I can make money with my own talent. Like you think? And then all of the people, they never even bought me a gift card. <laughs> they owe me. They owe me yes, big. They do. You need to yes, go all the way. Yes. I'm like, I could be a million. Yeah, I could be a millionaire right now. So, <laughs> and then it wasn't until um our company went through a major change. And so when every it was more magnified, because as a leader, you're responsible for developing your people to go to the next level. That's that's your responsibility. So part of it became magnified because it was my whole team. I had a team of 11 and 10 of them got promoted with my help. One said, I'm getting married, Miss Nicolette, so I'm not going to get promoted. I'm going to move to Houston. So she didn't want to. So I just, when I first got half of my team promoted, I kind of put a little blurb out on social media. You know how that goes. And that's been almost nine years ago because I've been in business and not for almost nine years as well in May. So I put a blurb out. So then people start weighing in. Oh yeah, you helped me. You helped me. You help me. I said, okay, cool. So I just put it out again. I got the rest of my team. And then it was two employees that came back to me who got $14,000 increases in their salary. They went from a paraprofessional type of role to a professional technical role. And they came back to me and said, well, Miss Nicolette, if I didn't work for you, I would pay you um, to do this. And one of the other employees says, she said, well, yeah, my husband just paid somebody a lot of money to um, get his resume done. And I'm like, really? And I said, that's right. I did pay someone a long time ago. But what I did, I had to rewrite it myself. And the reason mm-hmm. I invested in a resume writing service because my husband was relocating us from Chicago down to Texas and I was looking for another job. And so therefore, I didn't know I was going to be able to stay with the organization because there was no leadership opportunities at that time. So I went ahead and invested and it was horrible. So then I said, I actually can make money from this. And so I just said, okay, while still focused on my corporate career, doing everything I needed to do, standing up operations, all of this kind of stuff. I just started doing it on the side, literally just to satisfy my manicure and um, pedicure bill. (laughs) And uh, so imagine that. And like, oh my gosh. So people were, you know, getting resumes for a little bit of money. And then it started coming. They start sending more people to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're getting jobs. So then I start increasing it. They start paying another bill, another bill. Then I said, you know what? I think I better start getting serious. I literally went into my boss's office and took myself off the promotability list. And she she didn't know what was going on. She's like, she thought I was going to quit. So she's like, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, no, I think I want to do something else. And so she didn't know right away. She eventually found out, I can get into that story, but she eventually found out and then became a very good supporter of mine. Because again, it wasn't in conflict with what I did because I'm in insurance as my nine to five, but on the um, side of my business, I was, you know, uh, writing resumes. So there was no conflict. 
Mm-hmm. So how did she find out? Oh, that, this is a funny story. She probably go uh, laugh about this. She's retired now. <laughs> so uh, some of my peers back in Chicago uh, came down to do some training because, again, we were going through this major change. And one of the gentlemen uh, kept looking for me, but we kept missing each other. So my team said, um, you know, this guy keeps looking for you. He said he used to work with you in Chicago. He's looking for you. I'm like, who is this looking for me? And so we finally connected. And so he came into my little office and said, I need you to write me a resume. And I'm like, oh, you can't talk about this here at State Farm. I said, how did you know I write resumes? He said, everybody knows you write resumes. And so therefore I said, okay, I gave him a little sticky. He said, okay, we can't talk about it here. So we got, and then we started catching up. I gave him my information to call me after work. They went over to my boss's house and we all used to work in Chicago together. And they went to visit her because I see my boss every day. I didn't have to go over to the house with them. So they went over there, had fun, and had a little bit too much to drink. And then next thing you know, uh, they told, they said, yeah, Nicolette does resumes. So it's so funny because I went to my next uh, one-on-one to look at my uh, performance and all my little metrics and stuff because we have to do that. And so she, you know, went through and then she said, so I hear you write resumes. I said, I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, we supposed to be talking about my metrics and everything like that. I said, yes. I love it. I'm actually good at it. She said, oh, okay. So we went through all of my stuff. And then she said, okay, well, what can I do for you? And so I said, I want to get out of management. So I was trying to get out of leadership. And so she started helping me try to look for opportunities because everything was changing. There was no opportunity for me to demote myself to become uh, only responsible for myself to be in leadership. And every time I tried, they kept saying, you need to be in leadership. So I just kind of was like, I'm just going to retire out of leadership. So that's what I did. So I'm still here in leadership. (laughs) But you've been very um, Mm -hmm. strategic is the word that you use. And you're very disciplined. Yes, ma'am. So Mm -hmm. we have a lot of clients that that are keeping their jobs and that are buying businesses that are um, semi-absentee that you can manage Mm -hmm. a manager. And then that manager runs your business on the day-to-day. And they also have to be strategic and careful with their time. So can you kind of walk us through how you divvy up your time, how Mm -hmm. you're strategic, you're you're very disciplined. So kind of walk us through that. And I would say, you know, and it's so funny that you're asking a question because I just thought everybody does the same thing. And I I came into this thinking I have time management skills. I'm very organized. The skills that women, those soft skills that we think about. But it wasn't until my male leaders identified that I'm actually strategic. I said, that's a big word for me. And so, no, they were saying this is how your mind works. So, therefore, that's where I get that left side brain and my right side brain. When I graduated out of high school, I got accepted to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign in the um, engineering college. So my scores are really good and I loved all that stuff. But as you see, my personality is not an engineer. So (laughs) I did that for a while, but that's how my brain works. I look at processes and systems and then I use the creative side on how can I make sure that they infiltrate what I am doing on a day to day. So I say all of that because I'm very organized with my time. And if it wasn't for time blocking, I wouldn't be able to get it done. And that's a discipline I had to develop over time as well. So what I do when I'm at work, I'm at work. I give it 110%. I am a big believer in working the hours that they give me. So I am not big on that um, taking work home and all that kind of stuff. I sit there and I work. I don't lollygag. I don't do all this talking. I'm I'm a very talkative person. People come talk to me. And so all of this kind of stuff. But I'm really focused when I know I have to get something done. If you were to see my calendar at work, you'll see everything is time blocked. And I have showed people that at work, taught people at work, taught my team how to time block their work. And then when I uh, sign off, I go into my five 
to nine and I'm time blocking that way. And I had to teach my clients how to give me the information I need. And they are aware because it's not it's out there on LinkedIn. Everybody sees that I work this full time job as well. I teach them how to do it. But that's all through processes and systems. And when I develop the processes and if there's a, a glitch in that, I uh, rectify it based on what the customers tell me. So it has um, developed over time, but I have to look at it. And they say multitasking, that's a myth. No, y'all, multitasking does not work. If you ever heard of the book called Deep Work with Cal Newport, I could have wrote that book because that's how I work. I'm looking at my time block. I sit down and I do one thing. Like right before I came here, I'm developing some modules for a thing. So when I go back, I have my three hours blocked out. That's all I'm going to work on. I try not to do all this extra stuff and everything. If anything, somebody's trying to interrupt me. but And that's my daughter who's 23 who still comes to say, mommy, mommy, mommy. She's a mommy magnet. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm like, no, I'm going to focus on what I need to get done. And then I found that to enhance my productivity to push the business forward. That's what helps me. Mm-hmm. One thing that mm-hmm. stood out to me when we mm-hmm. had chatted last yes. week, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have an idea for a business and they just dive in mm-hmm. and want to get started in the business and want to get clients and want to make money. And mm-hmm. you shared with us that you created mm-hmm. all of your processes and procedures before you ever had a client. Yes. So that goes back into your strategy. So tell us a little bit more about that, too. That really impressed me mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people kind of go at that backwards. Yeah, I did not go out starting to sell because at that point, when I first started my side gig to pay my manicure and pedicure bill, I was still corporate binded. I was still thinking I was going to do the corporate thing. So I only did it based on what I did. I said, well, since I, you know, doing this, I might as well go ahead and do, develop this process, do this. And so I started thinking about how do I develop an actual business? So when I started, Um, putting those pieces in place, it was easy for me to go after the business. So when the business came in, I wouldn't have to recreate the wheel. Now, when it got to the point where when we were going through a lot of changes, I kind of fell off of that. So I had to go back and rebuild those processes. So what I tell a lot of people today If you don't have any clients, but you have this business idea, please, ma'am, please, sir, build up your systems while you're waiting on that client because you don't want to have to rebuild your systems, redo your systems, and also try to service your clients because that's what a lot of people get discouraged. It's not because their business idea is not good. It's just because they have not built in the discipline of systems and processes so their business will work. And that's what I tell a lot of people. Why you don't have anything going on? Start doing this. Get your LLC. Go out to get your EIN number. Go out and do this. So I'm trying to get them to do different things before all of that happens, even if they want to go and do their own um, red um, trademark. I did all of that on my own. I didn't have the funds to pay for that. So I got on the system and learned how to do it myself. And guess what? Even with the trademark, the government is paying for that. You can call them and they will help you. So you don't have to pay all those big fees. You can actually follow the prompts, do what they tell you to do and submit it. So I try to figure out everything I need to do beforehand while I'm waiting. Even I'm even doing that as I'm working full time, I'm still building other things. So when I roll off a retirement, I don't have to worry about that administrative stuff anymore. I have all my certifications. I'm going through to get my uh, women's certification, my minority certification. I'm going to go through a class to get all of that done. And by the time I retire, I'm done. I'm just shaking hands, kissing babies and selling. That's all I'm going to (laughs) do. So a couple of things. You said Mm -hmm. a lot in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Working on your business versus working in your business. We talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think you've, I'm going to use the strategic word again. I think Mm -hmm. you've been very strategic about Mm -hmm. doing that. Yes. um, So that when you are 
resume writing. Mm-hmm. You can focus on that and, and it's an, you're organized mm-hmm. and it's productive because you've done all of the implementing, but you're even still like mm-hmm. you're in the process right now of revamping things, mm-hmm. right? Cause you're getting ready to do this, start doing this full time. Yes, ma'am. And I'm tweaking my systems even better. Now, one of the things I uh, talked to people about recently, I said, I am so organized and time management process driven that is I'm almost overly so. So now I'm actually pulling back some of my processes so it can be even simpler. Cause what you want to do is eliminate the friction for your client to do business with you. Automation is key. You have to use automation in order to make sure that you're servicing your clients. So I have used that like crazy because when they submit their stuff, everything is like this. They get access to the port. They get the email, welcome email. They get this crazy video of me, welcome them into the company, all of these things. And you only have to do it one time and then it comes in. But now I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can pull back some of these so it's it's even simpler for them to actually do business with me because I want it to be simple so it's not breaking down the processes or breaking down any automations. So I'm always looking how to fine tune, but the, uh, the base is there. If I don't even touch them, they're still going to get service without me even having to touch them. I'm just trying to get it even slick, slicker for me when I roll off because I do a lot of um, B2C. I'm now going to be focusing on doing a lot of B2B with my outplacement services, and I won't do that, and I'm strategic in that. I'm not pushing that part of my business because I know I can't handle it. So what I'm doing is building all the processes so that when I'm ready to roll off, I can. And I have uh, one, I did a big major church um, with their outplacement when they were going through COVID. They had to lay off a lot of people. Mm. And then I just landed a really nice contract for um, Dallas Theater here. So I just landed that one and I'm working with them. So I could do it sporadically, but I'm not pushing it. And what I'm learning from those clients is my new process. So when I push it, it's done. Mm-hmm. I mean, the automation thing is so key mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's people's expectations now. Yeah. And yes. you shared with us that you really are not marketing. Mm-hmm. And so, nope. so much of it's referral based. Mm-hmm. And those referrals are coming because mm-hmm. of A, the quality of work that you've done. Yes, ma'am. They've gotten mm-hmm. excellent jobs mm-hmm. based on your assistance with mm-hmm. their resume yes, ma'am. and customer service. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. and that automation mm-hmm. makes that part flow so well mm-hmm. and meets people's expectations because customer service is a big concern for people yes. these days. You're hearing lots and lots about mm-hmm. poor customer service. I mean, I get grumpy every time I go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not yes, stabbed mm-hmm. and there's lots of mm-hmm. comments with people you know, I just see it on social media, having to check themselves out of the grocery mm-hmm. store and <laughs> and just yes. a lot of things like that. So mm-hmm. it really, you stand out mm-hmm. by having automated those processes. Mm-hmm. Do you do all of this yourself? And it's so funny that you asked that question. Initially, I did, but now I have help. And I, all, I now, and it's so funny, when they tell you early on, you think that you cannot afford help. And I was that person. I'm like, no, I cannot afford help. Not until I invested in health, I said, how did I not do this sooner? So you need help. Now, as a CEO mindset, what I think of, okay, this is what needs to be done. Who can I get to do it? 
I don't think about me at all. I think about who can I do it. So now I'm looking at specialists who can do different things because people say, well, I'm going to get a virtual assistant, but what are you going to have that virtual assistant to do? Now, I've done that too. Gave this, I had a virtual assistant was paying her and then she would get mad at me because I would keep taking the work back from her because I didn't know how to use her. She said, you're paying me, but you're not giving me the work. I'm like, okay. So I had to stumble through that. What can I release and stop doing it myself and trusting them? But then also I found that one virtual assistant can't do everything. So now I have what I call, his, he's a director of operations, a high executive assistant. But anyway, he's my director of operations. So he's focused on the operation side. Then I have someone who's my general VA who manages my um, email. Then I have a VA who does all my graphics. Like I'm working on a um, PowerPoint. She did all the basics of the PowerPoint. So all I'm doing is adding additional content in there. So I am hiring to the actual specialty and not just saying a general VA. And then I have to do all this training. Oh, that's another thing, y'all. That's another strategy. I do. I, I don't have no time for all this training. So I find somebody who already knows how to do it because before I would have to train my VA, figure out how to do all of this stuff and then try to train her. No, you find somebody who's already a specialist in that area and you hire them. Even if it costs you a couple of dollars more, it's worth your time. So that's what I, I learned all of this. When I talk to people about business, I, I didn't just automatically wake up and know how to do this. I have stumbled and fell forward so many times that I have learned and I have the luxury of my job, the nine to five, that's my angel investor that mm. cushions me when I fall. So then I can go back and say, okay, now I can do this. Now I can do it that way. And that's part of my strategy. And I tell people I'm not rolling off until I know I have everything in place that I need to, because I don't want to have to revisit that outside of tweaking, but my base will be built. I just love what mm -hmm. you said about mm -hmm. your employer is your angel investor, mm -hmm. um, allowing you to mm -hmm. build your other business yes. and you don't take time away mm -mm. from mm -mm. your employer. Nope. You give them their full mm -hmm. 40 plus hours mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. And I know you refer to them as your nine to five yes. and then your own business is your <laughs> five, five to nine. nine. Yes. So I am so impressed mm -hmm. with how you have been able mm -hmm. to manage mm -hmm. and and grow your business. You have mm -hmm. very high energy and very, mm -hmm. um, you. you know, strong commitment to mm -hmm. both mm -hmm. uh, businesses, which is super impressive. So if we, mm -hmm. if, if people are listening now mm -hmm. and they're thinking, okay, you know, I'm good at whatever it might be. And mm -hmm. I want to try to build a business around this. What advice can you give them today to, to really help them get started mm -hmm. in, creating a second stream of income in addition to their full-time employment? Just do it because everybody's going to have their opinion outside of you. Focus on your skill set and what you can do. Then go out and try it because you'll learn based on what your customers tell you. I built out my different services based on my clients asking for it, especially in the coaching piece. I wasn't thinking about coaching. I was I love to write nerdy. As, as extroverted as I am, I am a big nerd when it comes down to my writing because I love it. But they were like, well, you're giving me so much coaching. You really need to do that. So then you'll build it based on that. But it start off with something and also please. Please do not try to offer 
everything under the sun. Start off with one thing, maybe two, and focus on that. Learn from that and then build. Because the only thing I used to offer was resumes, cover letters, and thank you letters. Then I was like, okay, this thing called LinkedIn became real big. So I was like, well, it makes sense. Let me go ahead and do LinkedIn. And then I do interview prep all the time at work. I've interviewed hundreds of people throughout, probably thousands of people throughout my career. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm good at interview prep. So I went on ahead and started doing interview prep. And then I later added in the coaching because it goes hand in hand with career coaching. Because I'm like, okay, now you want me to write this resume, but you don't know what the heck you want to do. And then I added that. So sometimes people get out and then they start, well, I'm good at this and I'm good at this and I'm good at this. And then they try to do all of that. But don't confuse people. Stay in your niche. The riches are in the niches. Stay in your niche and really drive that home. And then you can add other things to it. And then when they think about their actual website, I used to have everything I ever could do on the website. It was too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Now you go to my website especially under the job landing packages, you see four offerings. That's it. Yeah, I can write professional bios. Yeah, I can do all this other stuff, but you don't need to see everything I can do as far as writing. I'm really focused on my ideal client. And then once you get on the phone, then I can say, if they ask me for something, I say, heck yeah, I can do that. So that's another thing. We always get out there and try to do too much, offer way too much. Uh, oh, I can bake cookies. Oh, I also can make um, um, soap and also can do hair and also can do. Yeah. No, do not do do that. Choose one that you're really good at and focus and drive that because you, when you're focused on that, your customers will find you and they will hear your voice because you're not the soap maker. You're not the jewelry maker. You're not the candy maker. You're not because you can't have all these business cards giving them out because people are like, well, which one do you do? It confuses so, Exactly. Them, yeah. So just stick to one thing and drive that home. So mm -hmm. I do want to touch on your success rate um, before we sign off because I think that's important. <laughs> yes. You have a, and not only do you mm -hmm. write like if I came to you the first time, mm -hmm. you don't just write my first resume. Mm -hmm. Every single time I am looking for a different job, even if it's within my company, mm -hmm. you rewrite very specific mm -hmm. to that job. So talk to us about your success rate. Oh, gosh, I am. My success rate is like really crazy right now. My I think every resume I have written who actually needed it for a job, they have landed that interview. And then that's at least 98%. And then those who actually took my interview prep and um, um, actually did the coaching with me, I have like an 80 to 85% success rate of that. You can't control how somebody, you yes. know, because if you're the same person, like if they get two of me in a the room, they probably say, we don't need two of you, Nicolette. You're too high energy. We need somebody a little bit lower energy to balance out. So sometimes it depends on the actual fit, but they go through my interview prep and then they land that job. And that's what keeps my pipeline full. I don't advertise. I don't do anything outside the free social media stuff. That's also another person is doing for me. All that stuff y'all see, I do not do. <laughs> that's another thing. We don't know what you're talking I gave about. Them my, I gave them my calendar and said, here, this is what I want to do. And so therefore, um, I do it from that perspective. And so when I do it, they send other people to me. So my success rate is absolutely crazy right now. But I do high touch customer service. I make sure that they know what they need. And I'm very targeted. I don't write general resumes. If you come to me and ask me for a general resume or even a general LinkedIn, I have businesses who hire me to write their LinkedIn profiles. No, you got to tell me what exactly do you want to do? 
And I get even people who have dual careers say, you know what, do I do it with my career? Do I do it with my business? Well, what are you promoting? And if it's not in conflict with your company, then we can focus on your business because that's what you want to build. So it's all about very targeted, very focused. And that's how I am in my business because I know the success it can have. So that when people say focus and deep work and productivity and time blocking, it works. I have proven it. It works. So that's what I do with their resumes. And even with the iRefresh program, once they make the big investment in me, because some people get sticker shy. I said, that's just the initial investment. You can always come back for updates. And that update is a third, fourth, probably a fourth of the price. I just got one in yesterday just to update the actual um, um, additional jobs that she had, just to refresh it for her, to make sure that it's still the document that she wants to use. And I tell all my clients, once I write that document for you, you better not touch my document. Document. <laughs> you better come right back. And so the incentive is that I refresh program where they come back and they only pay a small rate. So my customers, my clients keep coming back. I have one client right now. I think he's, he's on his fifth iteration because he keeps getting promotions, keep getting jobs. And he's like, nobody touches my resume, but you. And then I have my really good friend from college who actually did pay me. I didn't do hers for free, but she actually did pay me Dr. Celeste uh, McGill. So she said, no, I have a resume writer. I don't touch any of my stuff. So I do a CV resume writer for her because she's a, a professor at a college in Chicago. She's and people are asking her, you have a resume writer? She said, yeah, I don't do none of that. And I got her the promotions that she wanted. So it's about how do you serve your customer? How do you want to serve your customer? And that's just another perfect mm -hmm. example of how you figured out um, customer mm -hmm. retention, mm -hmm. um, repeat yeah. business. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. are so grateful for your time today. You are so inspirational. You've been Thank a wealth you. of knowledge. Thank and it so has just much. been an absolute <laughs> pleasure to visit with you today. Thank you so much for coming. If yes. somebody wanted help mm -hmm. with their resume, how do they find you, Nicolette? My favorite place, irockresumes.com. And that's with an S. People sometimes leave out the S, irockresumes.com. Perfect. Thank you uh, to our listeners today uh, for joining us. Again, I am Sarah Wasco. It's W-A-S-K-O-W. This is my colleague, Roxanne Rapsky, R-A-P-S-K-E. Please follow us on LinkedIn. Please reach out. We're happy to connect. Uh, we're very active on LinkedIn, and hopefully we can be of service to you uh, with any questions that you might have regarding business ownership. You can uh, please follow us on our YouTube channel, FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. And you can also download podcasts um, wherever you might get your podcasts. So thank you for joining us today on Unpredicted Entrepreneur and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.